0: All right, I got nothing to talk about today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, I had something the other day I wanted to well talk about. Well, did you start I, uh, I know we won't we won't go too deep into it. Did you start your uh, knuckle breaker challenge you've been doing okay on it or uh, with all yeah. your moving bad stuff are you are you going to do okay? Cuz you're individual. Yeah. I'm on a no, team. No, I'm
1: in a group. Well, I'm in a group. I don't know if that I'm in a oh. group but not a team, is that right? I'm either I'm in a group sure. or on a team. I said I'd do either one necessary, and I'm in a group, but maybe yeah. I'm, maybe that's not a team. Maybe it's just a group. Is that yeah, I possible? Got, I It think might that's be. How
0: worked out. I'm in with like four other dudes, I think.
1: Well, I have a group I'm connected to, and I've got all my exes so far. So I'm going to play. I mean, in my opinion, you're supposed to get all the X's. Like, you're supposed to think that you can get all the X's. You might not, but it's... I mean, that's my intent is to not yeah. miss any. And you get the floating X if you complete the week. So to me, that in itself is like I want to get those because there, there is stuff that's going to come up or being on tour. So I'm trying to yeah. stockpile uh, floating Xs. So to me, the fact that I had to make another hour to exercise in the busiest days somehow isn't actually – if you take it seriously, it's just somehow doing the extra work. Does pay dividends in time because it forces your time management to be better. So I, I always uh, experience the effect of having increased amount of time because of paying attention to time management. So yeah, I'm not worried. I think getting the X's helps me get more done anyway. That's the way I see. it I always get more done during a challenge, not less because I'm working on the challenge. It doesn't work that
0: way, right? Uh, I've been doing good. I, it's funny, like because I, I started working out before. I've been working out most of this year, and then there's like a few weeks each, you know, there, there was like two or three weeks here where I went off the deep end, just kind of chilled and ate whatever I want, drank whatever I wanted. And then that happened again uh right before the challenge because I was like, Well, the challenge is coming. I'm you know, so I haven't really lost any weight. I know I put on a little muscle, but I it's crazy. I just hate it, and we say this every damn time. I cannot understand how I do feel better. When I work out this morning, it was like, I'm going to work out and then I'm going to go walk jock after that. You know what I mean? So I worked out for probably 45 minutes to an hour and then, uh, chest and arms and stuff, you know, and then, I went and did my cardio and I'm like, man, I do really feel better. This is nicer than knowing that I'm going to go drink seven beers in a little while, like, or, or that I drank seven beers last night and I wish I wouldn't have because I feel just a little crummy today or something, you know, whatever that is. But I, but if, as long as I don't drink, like then I don't miss alcohol at all. Right. But as yeah. soon as I have a night or two where I'm like, yeah, then I just go, oh, it's like my memory. It's like muscle memory or something. It's like, oh yeah, this is what this is. And alcohol yeah. is just so, uh, I guess, is that what they, what they, why do they call them? Controlled substances. Cause I was saying about alcohol, it's the most controllable substance for me. Like I know exactly what to do. Like I don't really, now I can drink a lot but I almost never over drink. Like I've gotten to the point now where I'm like, yeah, I, I don't want to really drink after 7 p.m. because what, what the hell would I be doing that for? Like a, that sounds like a bad tomorrow. That seems like that's leaking into tomorrow, or something like that. So I usually drink early. I like a, a you know, mid late afternoon alcohol start to end about 6.30, 7 o'clock. Yeah. And that's, that's my drinking time. And that's just so great. And it was hard on Sunday uh, after I cut the grass, not to sit in my garage and drink a beer. And I know I could have, but, but I was like, if I do, I'm certainly going to want a beer in the garage tomorrow, and yeah. then it just it just accumulates like that because it it is so fun and I can control it. But the problem is, it's just so many calories. It's just empty calories and the alcohol and all this stuff. I'm just like shit. I just well, wish.
1: No doubt, is bad for you overall. Like if you could choose, <laughs> you're right. If you could choose when you know, if you could choose, um, let's just. I mean, if you could choose somehow from some external perspective how. Many beers you would drink in your lifetime. If that was oh, just like God. something you could have said, like, what yeah. is like outside of being in any given moment for a person, or a best way to think of it is let's just say your son Ike is going to like beer, I imagine, too, and you'll probably have beer with him at some point or whatever. How many beers do you hope he drinks in his lifetime?
0: I know. Or what you want for
1: yourself, for an ideal person. Not, not zero, right. right? but maybe maybe I'm already over the total amount I would recommend in a lifetime, probably. Um,
0: <laughs> what do you mean probably?
1: <laughs> probably, you know, but at the same time, <laughs> I can not drink much from here. Is fine. I have that ability as well. So, yeah. But I, I have a hard time trying to figure out what is optimal other than just do it, you know, it's hard to yeah. figure out what's optimal. So I just know that you can, um, I know that I can control it. Like you're saying, like it's a control. I can control it. I can control it.
0: Yeah, but I can but control I, it. I, I also want in, to in a do it. healthy way to me.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying I can control the amount of alcohol that I drink. I can drink none, some or a lot. And sometimes yeah. I make a mistake and drink too much. Right. But, um, but I don't want to drink none. But I, I could drink none yeah. if I need to drink none. But how do I know?
0: <laughs> right. Well, I would I like what's to. What's the real answer. I, I'm at the point where I'd like to drink none. It's just whenever <laughs> I drink, I go. This is the most fun that I, that an older man can have, just like in his garage or whatever. And also, it's really funny, Devin. I don't know if you saw it on our text thread. He sent a. Uh, he's like, man, this is crazy. And it was this. They were going into this hoarder's house. And there was just, I mean, piled up it, it easily piled up four and a half, five feet of just beer cans everywhere. They're walking through you just hear them clinging down. I was like, my first thought was, yeah, I've probably done that easy. I probably drank that much easy. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like I've like drank a house full of empty beer cans for yeah. sure. Yeah, I always I got I think to like about a house like, with beer cans.
1: Like if you gave me a whole liquor store, that might not be enough.
0: Oh, no way would it be enough. You know what I mean?
1: Like if you went to a liquor store when you were 25 and someone <laughs> said, you can have this whole liquor store, that probably isn't enough. Also, we've thought about before, like how much, if you filled the whole tour bus up with beer, like it was a keg, how, yeah. how long would that last?
0: Oh, I know. <laughs> the, I mean, vo- I, the
1: volume. You know and what here's
0: what really bothers me about it. I've been thinking more and more. I can't totally. Okay, there's no justification for this. It seems like maybe even selfish maybe not maybe not you know maybe it's definitely probably so definitely probably selfish. but is it worth it in your prime years not to just fuck up your body? Like I'm enjoy like like I enjoy like I don't know if I'm I, I guess I can understand man, being super healthy when I'm 60. But I don't think even if I didn't drink a drop, I would be super healthy. I don't think that, I just don't think it's or you in the could either
1: way. I mean, if you, you know, your yeah, body's maybe, pretty maybe
0: so. But I mean, I'm just saying when you're to recover, but, but I don't know if it's like, I don't really see like how fun your life is after 70. I know you're alive and I know there are some uh, always exceptions to the rules and people. There's, there's people in every town in America and the world with old people who are just doing great and thriving. Okay. That ain't going to be me no matter what. I'm not going to be the, you know, I'm not going to be 70 and just kicking ass and funny and doing screaming on stage and all this stuff. I wasn't going to anyway. I'm just not, I I will be sitting around watching TV. So, well, I mean, I might as well just fuck it up now and really live and enjoy it. But that seems selfish because what if I'm dead at, you know, 48 or, or 55 or 61? Damn. But I mean, I promise you, I think if I'm, if I can make it to 65, I really don't. I mean, I think that's just uh, winning the lottery. I think if I can live my life the way I want to and make it to 65 there, I don't think there's any amount of money that would be worth trading that. Like, I mean, if you told me right now, you'll give me $1 million, but I can never drink again. I have to live this way. I have to eat this only this, you know, there's this, I have to live a very strict life with things that, you know, take away some of the things that I would go, I just don't know if that's worth it. I don't know if it is.
1: That's probably interesting that you would feel unsatisfied to be healthy only because you had taken a bribe for such. Like right. I think that would be unsatisfying. Like you'd say, "Oh, I have all this money, and I think you'd be haunted by how you can't use it to party." Right.
0: <laughs> I mean, I just said can you You go okay, cool.
1: I go on a nice vacation and see the world with this money or something. Right. Can't have a fucking beer. Fuck everything. Like you would be become bitter, I think. <laughs> um,
0: I think I would. And so there's part of me that just thinks, "Man, if you can just really rock and roll till your 50s, okay. Okay. I,
1: I don't know that I, that it's really about the the substance or the with the um I have that same sense, but it it m- might not have to be about the drugs and alcohol type stuff or par- or wildness. Yeah. It's just there is a sense where by not even taking normal jobs, we've taken a path that is risky inherently. Yeah. And to keep and and I, you know stuff like doing drugs and alcohol is also just risky. So it it matches the risk profile that I'm comfortable with in a general way because right. I like living this kind of aggressive going for it style that I I feel like going for it, but What it is doesn't have to be necessarily that, but it goes along really well, you know, and a lot of people that are really, really fun like to really party and they tend to like to drink or whatever, but it's not, it is technically separate from the impulse that underlies it, which I think you had when you were in third grade and ninth grade as well. Right. Right. The same, the impulse, you know, is there either way. And it's like to, to, to go ahead to, I don't, I mean, I don't, it's made, you're made to feel like trying to go for it is just simply irresponsible. And I resist that. Right. I know that so many things are worth doing that others tell you are irresponsible. Right. That I always, it makes me then internalize the fact that, well, I guess I'm irresponsible and fuck up. Right. But I believe that you should be that. Yeah. But not, so if I could tweak the, if you know the more you can make smart decisions about your risk what risks you're taking that's good and that's what we're talking about now it's like how risky is it to my liver old age happiness you know i guess that's being i know i'll be scared
0: Uh, i know i'll be scared when i die and especially if i die earlier or whatever i think that'll i'll be i'll be really sad i was like man if i if i uh you know whatever i die of uh most likely be heart disease or something like that but anyway but i'm just saying uh okay. Two points here. One, what is one of the hardest, most difficult, expensive things in this life? You know what it is? And you're going through it right now, taking care of an older parent yeah. who needs assistance all the time. Right. Yeah. So not yeah. only now, I mean, you're still alive, but you, you require assistance. That is super expensive and yeah. it's very hard for you to contribute. Now that's nobody's fault. Like your mother-in-law, it's not her fault. She was doing fine and she just had a, uh, you know, there's young, younger people and they're, you know, getting accidents or have a blood clot or early heart attack or something. And they need assistance too. I'm pro assisting people, but I'm just saying for me, if you're telling me that by the time I'm 75, I require 24 hour care and it's going to cost my family their inheritance or all this stuff. I mean, but if I would have just partied harder, they would have gotten it a few years earlier and just remember yeah, that dad is a wild hard. man. Yeah, but party hard just, you, is what might land using you party. in just
1: that situation.
0: But Did you know, you, most people no. I don't. I don't think that's true. I think a, most people in the nursing homes didn't party hard, and they still have a strong heart and organs okay. and stuff. And so maybe their brains a little bit worse. Your okay, brain's so going to get worse no matter what. But I'm just saying. I think for me, I mean, I don't like uh, Joey's grandma. She lived forever with terrible dementia she knew no one for years but she had yeah. such a strong body and you know how hard that was for the family financially mentally emotionally yeah, yeah, that's like everybody by the end everybody's wishing she was dead yeah and they, that, sure. that's a horrible situation to put your family in and you know i mean what you can't do euthanasia or anything like that and that's and, why
1: you should not take care of your health
0: and well, your body <laughs> well i'm just saying it's <laughs> Everybody remembers their sixty-year-old dad. Last thing that, you want is a
1: strong body when you're old.
0: Everybody remembers their sixty-year-old dad that died, They're like, man, he was just the greatest. He was so awesome. Their eighty-three-year-old dad that's in the nursing home. They're like, man, good to see you again, dad. Who are you? And you're Yeah, like, but oh, the thing—the
1: thing that you're calling—it's just going hard. For is what it. I'm like, saying. L- yeah, but but you can't. You, just because you drink and eat sugar doesn't mean you get to die when you're whatever age you want and I, to. Yeah,
0: I, I, I know you're right
1: <laughs> it just means you have I metabolic me syndrome better, and need dialysis and insulin and everything else and chance. care earlier and live with you know what i mean like whatever that time is comes earlier maybe if you you know but trash in your body or it's, so but you're kind of making an interesting there probably is a way to like make Some decisions around that if you had better data, is what I'm hearing. Like, you could, like, because there's a body and the mind. And what you're saying is it sucks to have your mind to go just because your body's good. So, why would you take care of this body if your mind's going to be gone anyway? That's a problem. And on the other hand, if your mind is good, but your body failed, you would feel very terrible about that as well.
0: Right? Yeah. I I guess so. so. But I'm saying you're going to die either way. So, what is the last from 80 to 94? I think there's a percentage I don't of people think the that age really, has much really, to do with it. It's I like, think there's people that just... really live their life from 80 to, to 94. I don't think that's most people. I think most people from 80 to 94 are pretty s- slow, not taking much risk, aren't able to uh, afford stuff or do things. I mean, I know there's, like I said, there's exceptions. And, and anybody that wants to live and take care of their body, I'm pro that. 100%. That's totally fine. I get that. 100%. But I'm just saying, m- for me... Sometimes I th- the same way is like you uh, have to, you know, save a bunch of money your whole life You from 20 years old to 60 years old. You've been saving and now you have one million dollars and you, you worked your ass off for what? For an extra. You, you traded 40 years for 15 years of savings. Yeah, You know, you, you know what I mean? Like what uh, you traded 40 years of when you're the most by. Vi- vi- I see this a lot with my dad. My yeah. dad's worked his ass off his whole life. And he always thought, you know, one day I'm going to retire, boy, and then I'll play golf. And now he can't. He doesn't even. He doesn't even like he's older and he says, I can't really play 18 holes too good. And I'm like, shit, my dad's 70 years old and he he can play, play golf
1: five days a week and afford it any way he wanted within his right. normal but it, that, reason, but he yeah. won't get. To right.
0: Yeah. It. And, and so, yeah. And, and and he's a little bit worried. He's like, well, it is kind of expensive. If I were to play golf every day, that, you know, that's money and well, I'm on a I, fixed, I'm, I'm on a sure. fixed income.
1: That that's a mistake based on everything I understand and has been brought into focus. But he didn't know. He didn't life. know that.
0: He thought he was doing the right thing. But, I'm, but.
1: but I mean, there's no amount of money you can save if you're not, that you can't burn through, it, it, you know, right. re, from a working type class right. of job that, that you can't burn through with needing care. So if yeah. in five years from now he needs care, it'll just drain his money until he then gets Medicaid or whatever. That's how it right. works. So you can save all that money. So that would always mean that not paying for golf this week is a mistake for him because eventually right. you, you're you spending that down he on purpose. He can't it that to, way, you but know, you're right. Oh, yeah, I know, because it, to see it that way, he'd have to think – like he'd have to be doing calculations yeah. and math about things that are too uncomfortable to think about. Yeah. And we're a little ahead of that because we're making ourselves do it now, and that's good. Cause most people just don't want to think about that, <laughs> which yeah. then turns to that's why you want a beer. <laughs> right. Isn't that funny? Well, that's why you want a beer is to not have this conversation with yourself. All right.
0: So you to have that beer. The main thoughts I have are one, when you're in your prime, have the fun that you can accept wh- the consequences of. And now two, you also have somebody like Joe head, Josh, our keyboard players, dad, who uh-huh. went on, on multiple tours with us and partied like an animal, uh, Probably in his, I guess he was in his 60s. He was definitely in his 60s. Yeah, in his 60s. And, yeah. and he was just, I mean, but he is such a social butterfly. My God, I mean, there's nobody he's not going to talk to. He loves, you know, all that stuff. I don't think I'm going to be like that. I don't think I'm going to go on, on you know, Ruby's tour bus and hang out with her friends and go on tour with them. No, I just, you won't. That's just do I, that. I, this is but, not me.
1: But Joe's had multiple modes because he, before that, he spent the 20, 20- five years before that being super straight lace and then he let it all loose early like when he was 60s, he's like fuck it i'm gonna party with the guys now that they're grown up or whatever right and that was pretty cool that had to feel pretty good to him like he worked hard told his kids like was real strict yeah and then once then he sold his house moved to hawaii the kids are grown up said fuck them and then just partied right and then but now he's in a whole nother phase that phase is over. Now he's in yeah. an older phase where he's living in RVs in the woods and he's more religious again and right. but also a little more bitter at this time. Yeah. He's a, a little more, more bitter. he's yeah, he's a little more aggressively mean sometimes. A little on the conservative
0: he's, red side. Yeah,
1: yep. he's become a a little bit more, you know, so he had he had this age I mean, he's pretty smart. Like Right. Like if you have to be play it straight from forty to fifties in your forties and fifties, like because right. you have responsibilities, but you recognize when you hit sixty that you do have another ten years you can pretty much go get wild and then you can still be a better person. Start when you're seventy.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, he's doing great, but that's what I'm saying. So, but he physically and mentally he's great. You know, I mean, he slowed down a little bit, but I mean, he found the cool thing about him is he always just keeps finding niches. So I mean, so he he started out wild and crazy, drug hippie. And then he got married and had the kids, and even though they lived kind of hippie for a little while, you're right, he he got some serious jobs, and then probably from in his 30s to 50s, kind of just had a straight-laced, you know, working a job. They had a horse farm and stuff like that, and then moved to Hawaii and retired, and like, oh, and they had flight benefits because he got pension from his job working at uh, United Airlines, I think. And his son's on a tour bus across the right, nation all right. the time. When he's like, he "I'll go, him. I'll try." And I think his, I think he thought, "I'll dip my toe in this." And I know because we all know Joe, so that part was easy. And then we, you know, he, he got to live kind of vicariously through us a little bit and party. I mean, he wasn't doing insane stuff, but I mean, he's on the tour bus that I would never it, be on.
1: He was pretty insane at his age. Pretty insane, I, mean, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. He would. I mean, he would. He would fly to cities get on tour buses stay up until two or three in the morning drinking and dancing with yeah. people yeah and stuff like that like he might be drunk dancing with a girl that he met that, <laughs> that day we don't know <laughs> that we don't know on our bus at one in the morning right in uh st louis <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the type of thing he was able to do (laughs) in his retirement
0: yeah i mean that's the thing though that you go to go to the to to go to
1: the uh rainbow room right at the the do karaoke in la LA and stuff like that
0: i mean he was there for all that we had some crazy insane nights in la and joe was there oh yeah And, and i i really give him credit for that like he didn't uh at all try to like stop us and we were all christians and stuff but i mean not you know we didn't it was it was really cool like he just he like just fit in so but i haven't seen him now in a while i'm like what i guess i saw him maybe at josh's bar or something like that but i mean his life now is slowing down but he's an example of doing good like he he constantly finds his niches so now it's this rvs and uh that campsite that they're right. at. He, he, he knows everybody he fits in. He does his thing. You know, he's always into something. He probably knows the gossip of the little he's area. Got, he's like so a commu- into its own it. It's community. I know. It's, it's kind of cool. a little
1: community. He's got three different RVs on different units and he's yeah. constantly preparing for winter and trying to get right. the lot when these people that's leave so nice. and yeah. All, everything.
0: Yeah. That's so perfect though. It's like small yeah. scale, but also there's a little bit of politics in it, a little bit of schmoozing people, figuring stuff exactly. out, knowing stuff behind the exactly. seat. And he does all that. And that's really cool. I mean, it's really cool. It's crazy. Like, part of me is jealous of that. Like, I've been thinking more and more, like, especially I keep seeing all this stuff about chain supply fuck-ups and uh, all this bad stuff. I'm like, maybe just if you really could just get some land and get out there, maybe that is the best thing. Because I know you love the city. I will never live in a city, no matter what. I think it's just horrible now. I think it's every city in America is uh, my city's overpriced. But of course, all and I don't know what you're getting anymore. I don't know what the energy is in cities that's so attractive or, uh, especially with the internet and with zoom and with VR there, there isn't, uh, the creative juices of New York city anymore. The greatest comedians are going to start coming from Midwest in the middle of Nebraska or something. Cause they're, they're going to go wait, I can now. Yeah. I, I was thinking about it. It's really, it's really crazy. Um, I was thinking about us like no one, it was a stupid idea to start a band, and moved to Seattle, I mean, that did, it's just, what are you talking about? You graduated college and you went and started a band? Like what? I mean, that just wasn't done. Nobody started bands in Greer, South Carolina and made it. And we didn't get as big as Pearl Jam, but I mean, we've been unbelievably successful. We're doing a tour that's coming up. There's probably most of the shows are going to be sold out and it's going to be great. I mean, this is one of our biggest years. And I'm like, holy shit, this is crazy. And we were just, just late enough, or maybe in the, internet time you know like if we'd have been a, a few years earlier like if we'd have graduated in 95 from college I don't know if our band would have made it the way it did but but the fact that we left in 2001 and the internet was something and we could move and we could drive and we knew a little bit you know all, we had all these benefits that people before us didn't have and so we were right at the earliest time but late in the sense of because there's a lot of for example a lot of tooth and nail bands before us that didn't blow up as big as us because it still wasn't the internet necessarily I remember Joey talking about him and Jared would uh, write down the albums they wanted on paper and nail it into Tooth & Nail. And then Tooth & Nail would make, you know I mean? There wasn't like a a website or anything like that. And so we lucked out that way. But I I, I think now uh, my whole point rounding about here is about cities is I don't think the creative energy anymore is going to be in cities. I think people like I've been listening to that. The Town podcast is really great. It's on the Ringer Network. And they're just talking about all the streaming services now are just hurting you know uh netflix has lost two billion dollars um all the other ones are it's so silly like you got to go to peacock if you want the office you got to go to paramount if you want uh, uh yellowstone you know everybody land
1: to, if you want i'm only a yeah, yeah, right Just yeah whatever. exactly
0: yeah exactly so everybody <laughs> everybody is fighting for your subscriptions um which honestly that's what i was thinking about because uh scott galloway keeps talking about super apps and uh I was like, man, I, w- I wish Emory Land could join with a few other bands and make a super app that was like, you get this, this, and this. But then the problem still becomes, how do you divvy up the money? And what does that look like? You would need, like, say, if us and Silverstein joined together in Emory, Emory Silverstein land or whatever, um, you would still, there's a lot more costs with the hosting of it and uh, all the production of it and all that stuff. And so I understand, like, we have our thing and this for our fans, but I do think that's coming. But still let me get back to my point I don't think there's anything in the cities that to me that I think you must feel I think you like where you live geographically so that part's really cool I think you just like the city and it feels like home to you but for me like I've moved around so much and now that I'm in Champaign I was like man this I just would rather live in a town that has just enough and because it's still expensive I mean it's not like house I mean we have there's a $2 million home right down the street. It's not like it's it's stupid, expensive everywhere, but I don't know if the energy and creativity now you get the same way. Like, I don't know if I need to be in the streets in the, uh, of New York to really be a great comedian anymore. I think you can be. And I think that that makes a lot of sense, but those, I think those big cities are kind of dying because it's now uh, the virtual is right around the corner. I mean, it's just like when we started our band, we just, we had the internet now we're like, Whoa, but virtual people are, are just sleeping on it. And it, it's going to be everything. And so it will not matter where you live. And so part of my thought is it just be where I'm okay and happy enough because the where I will live is in virtual reality probably. But
1: yeah, that, I think that's right.
0: I came all the way from not living in a city and still fit in a virtual reality. All of our all the listeners are like, "Oh, he's back back to the virtual reality." We always talk about virtual reality, simulation, drinking those are our (laughs) go-tos
1: well i mean you you know (laughs) i saw a tweet yesterday it was uh and it just said i want to have i just want a bar in walking distance with 10 minutes walking distance that all my friends are already at hanging out
0: that's a cool little thought yeah
1: and so that is what you actually want Right. You know, and yeah. virtual will give you that. Right. 100%. It will. 100%. Now, I, when I'm in VR at the golf course, I can have a a drink and drink it, on, you know. But I want to have a virtual drink, even without alcohol in it, in yeah. there. I want that. I
0: want to Me put on
1: my goggles and be sitting in a place where you and the other people already are there. Yep. This is a little version of the podcast. The big show is a little version of that. But it's just right. like if you walk in, who's in there today? It's Shane and Micah and Lo- right. for you and Devin and uh, oh, those people and Joe Head's here tonight, whatever, right. who's there. But I just, when I put on the goggles, I'm there. And even in there, I'd feel that I would, I know my body would feel like I'm in the bar. Right. And then I wish we could see each other drinking. And then whether or not you really were drinking, because like, you know, a lot of times you're drinking and you're thinking, I may get a hangover I'm drinking too much. I'm too uncomfortable not to have a drink at this party or whatever. You have to have a drink in your hand. You're like, shit, this one's empty again. I'm on number five or whatever. Right. But if you had a virtual drink, you could just have it. Like it would be valuable. I'd oh, pay I for it. Yeah. I'd pay for a virtual drink in a space and have yeah. it. And then I could drink here, but I don't even know if that even – that part doesn't really matter so much. Yeah. Like if my blood alcohol level, whatever. But you could I, just
0: – you have that virtual. it's already close it can already d- detect your hands you can use it without the uh, controllers or whatever and you can you will yeah. be able it, it will you will see your drink that you're holding in this reality in the virtual reality whatever but i don't know it, it i mean it's all coming but anyway all right we'll, we'll stop talking because we gotta get out of here y'all have a good monday um we got an interview that's going to be dope i think might be controversial we'll see